Yeah. Ready to go. Listen to a couple of your shows. So got a good feel of uh, what you do and great stuff. Oh, cool. Uh, I hope you like to laugh because that's that's kind of like my gig. <laughs> yeah. Kind of have a dry sense of humor. And so, you know, OK, if I so I'll be the laugher person. Yeah. And then you'll yeah. be the you'll be the straight man. All right. See, so <laughs> yeah. People keep asking me what's your thing. And I'm like, can I just be funny? I should just be a comedian. Yeah. That's that's a hard life though, you know. It is. I don't I, I would be a podcast comedian. I'm yeah. No road. That I'm, way that, I'm, that I'm way you got old. no feedback. Well, you're right. <laughs> you don't know if you bomb. That's right. No. I bomb every time I do this show, right? And yeah. I just don't care. <laughs> no. You just don't see the people walking out. That's all. Exactly. They're just, you know, clicking to the next thing. I mean, what an yeah. idiot click. <laughs> yeah. All right, so um, I am recording this because I've learned that um, I usually get really good stuff and then I don't record it. So uh, just so you know, um, this is already being recorded. But uh, usually what I'll do is I'll edit and then um, what I like to do is do these promos. You probably heard a couple. Um, So this is where you say, hi, this is Scott and I'm from CurationSuite.com and you are listening to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith. Something funny here. You could do it just okay. like that because you have <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something funny here. <laughs> I guess I'll do that because that's an easy, yeah. easy pull. There you go. You could go carrot something funny here. Carrot. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a better word. So, yeah. Okay. Whatever you want to do. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so whenever you're ready to do that, you can go ahead and do that. So vroom, vroom, veer. Vroom, vroom, veer. It's very hard to say. So go slow. Yeah, with Jeff, right? With Jeff. Jeff or Jeff Smith or Jeff, whatever. You know, you All right. have fun. Okay. All right, so... Uh, <clears throat> hi, this is Scott from Curation Suite, and I'm here on Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, a very uncommon name. And I'm supposed to say something funny, so I'll just pick the top word that comes to mind, which is aardvark. That's, that's hilarious. Aardvark! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't... Haven't seen one in years. I don't know if I've ever actually seen one. Now that I think about it, yeah. maybe at the San Diego Zoo. I think. I just remember the the cartoon guy. But we digress. All right, let's start. Yeah. Let's start the show that's coming up. Great. I'll be right back. <laughs> Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Kawaoka. I had to look at the Skype window to say your name right. Thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Beer and welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, it's going good, Jeff. Hey, so you are in Hawaii and uh, and your website is simplepassivecashflow.com. So talk a little bit about what you got going on there in Hawaii and uh, and talk a little bit about what you've got going on on your webpage. Yeah, so um, I'm a real estate investor. I'm also a W2 engineer by day. So the some passive cash flow is kind of my Batman job. Right. And I, uh, I, <laughs> I do 
in the mornings here for you, uh, you folks on the mainland. You guys make me wake up early for these calls. Right. And uh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> evenings and weekends, I work on this uh, this altered ego, this real estate altered ego. Right. Uh, where I've been picking up uh, single family homes and recently multifamily apartments. Um, all of my way to financial freedom to uh, escape the rat race and fire the boss one of these days. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like it. See, I've got I've got the best version of passive income because I'm retired Air Force. It doesn't get much more <laughs> passive than that. <laughs> yeah, but, but I guess what people don't realize is, you know, I mean, I had to I had to work for that. <laughs> it, takes, right. it takes a minimum of 20 years of investing. I started when I was 18 and I finished when I was 38. So it worked out. Some of the best years, right? Ah, oh, such a blast. And we were talking earlier. Uh, I lived in Hawaii from 90 to 94. And that's where I met my beautiful, awesome, uh, would-be-dead-without-her wife, Yayoi Seiko Smith, uh, there in Hawaii. And we got married in 1992. So we're one of those rare people that have uh, only one marriage each to each other. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, right. So this is Vroom Vroom Fear. So that means we don't just talk about business and, and investing and tips and stuff like that. We want to dig down and figure out who you are. So it's a little bit about a combination of therapy session and comedy show. So I laugh a lot and you tell funny stories where you learn stuff. So where did you grow up? So I grew up here in Honolulu oh, and nice. um, moved away when I was, I was 18 for college. Went to University of Washington in right. Seattle. Okay. And uh, that's where I was at for the last 14 years and uh, finally got back home. Finally, okay. the, the real estate thing must have been working. So So you, you have officially now moved. You're not on vacation in Hawaii. You live there now. Right. It's uh, wow. paradise. It's real life. Nice. That's awesome. Good for you. <laughs> That's a real upgrade there. Well, you know, Seattle's nice, but still, now you're by family, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's home here. I mean, the, right. Seattle's a very, very nice place to live, especially these days. You know, a oh, lot yeah, of more yeah. tech, tech there and, and a very high standard of living. But, um, you know, Hawaii's home. I mean, it costs 10% more to live here and the jobs pay 30% less. Right. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a unique place, as you know very yeah, well. Yeah, but you can say "dakain" and people know what you're talking about. Yeah, my English is getting progressively worse and worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm even right. Uh, yeah, I could tell stories about having fun with uh, pigeon English. It's it's just so fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you grew up doing that, right? What was it like growing up in Hawaii? I mean, it's where did you grow up? What part of Hawaii? So I grew up in uh, central Oahu. Right. Um, but honestly, didn't really uh, do much as a kid. I mean, studied a lot. Right. Um, you know, I had strict parents and always grew up on that linear path. I mean, I went to the beach and did all the kid stuff. But, uh, you know, I mean, moved away as soon as... Uh, as soon as you as turned soon 18, as I, right. Right. And I didn't really have a car growing up, so I really couldn't do much of anything. Right, right. Okay. Um, but yeah, adult life. Grew up in Seattle, Washington when I went to college. Mm, right. So that, that, that had to be culture shock, though, even just going from Hawaii to the mainland, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's not as bad as some of the folks coming from, like, Kauai or, or uh, Maui. Right. Yeah, those mainland. are super I mean, rural kind of feeling. 
Right. Right. It's like you're on a whole other planet. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's like New York City with palm trees. Right. I mean, over there, it's like, oh, coming to Honolulu, it's like, oh, there's two freeways. (laughs) Almost three. Does the H3 go anywhere? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now there's three. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) When I was built like 20 years ago, I think. When I was there, it didn't, it just ended. It, it, you couldn't even get on it. You could see yeah. it. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but you couldn't get on it. Right. It, no, that's right. Because you left around 94. Right. Yeah. Right. It wasn't finished yet. So. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. Okay. So you go to college and uh, and you study. what? You, now you're, you're an engineer, right? Right. So I, I graduated industrial engineering and they went to work for a transportation company. And um, they, they paid me a lot. That was a, it was kind of a money grab situation, sure. but I didn't realize that I'd be traveling 100% of the time. Right, uh, right, right. All over to these uh, boondocky areas of the United States, Western United States. Um, but I was able to save up for a down payment on a home in Seattle because that was, you know, I was living that linear path of go to school, study hard, get a good job to buy a, a home to live in. Right. So I did that. And, um, yeah, I, I bought that home in a few years, and uh, you know, living <laughs> living someone else's uh, what what everybody else says to do, and um, right. I was there for like only on Saturday because I traveled out on Friday on Sunday and came back on Friday, and I was like, this is kind of dumb, so I kind of just on a whim called my old landlord and had her rent it out for me, and. My mortgage was sixteen hundred dollars, and the rent was twenty two hundred dollars. And Delta nice. between the two was pretty nice, right? Dude, I knew nothing about anything at that time. I just knew that was a good chunk of beer money for a young twenty year old. <laughs> Amen. That's that's easy math, right? <laughs> right. So I mean, that's what we call like an accidental landlord. I mean, I didn't right, really right, right. Know what I was doing. He was an A class rental. Um, usually we don't we don't buy those. You know, those are the nice places to live. They don't usually cash flow or, or uh, you know, have a good return on investment right. income wise. Um, but yeah, you know, it got me started. And then I was like, well, shoot, I got to do this more. You know, because instead of going, you know, coming home on the weekend to an empty house, uh, you know, I was I had the freedom to travel and do what I wanted. And I went to Las Vegas sometimes mm-hmm. on the company dollar because it was cheaper going back home to Seattle. Okay. And, um, <laughs> Why not? You know, did, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> right. I mean, you live there, so how bad? Sure. Can it be? Oh yeah. <laughs> Vegas is great. Yeah. So I um, just you know saved up more and more money to buy another rental, and and then uh, devoured all these podcasts and and uh, books, and kind of got more sophisticated, and things kind of took off from there. Wow. So that's you kind of kind of accidentally stepped into it. Right, right, and 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 I, you know, I I saved up the money prudently, and and I don't my website and my podcast is more for the working professional. I mean, <clears throat> if you don't get no money, dude, I can't help you out. You know, I don't. There's all these infomercials out there that yeah, try to do get. this you, that you don't need any money to do this, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'm sure that there's people who can do that, you know. But I'm like, you know, you have time, you have money, you have knowledge. You know, a lot working professionals, we got some money, but we don't have time. Right. And right, those right. no money down deals takes time away. And that's 
it's always the the most valuable resource at the end of the day for sure time. right yes time for you to decide to do what you want to do right no. right not right. to be screwing around mailing off these yellow letters <laughs> to us and build people away from their homes for pennies on the dollar wow yeah we don't, i don't yeah. do any of that stuff right right yeah it, it, it just from the 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 tone of your because usually when i see anything with the word cash flow in it it's it, i kind of get a feel for what's going on already you know um and you're yeah it sounds like an <clears throat> infomercial or like a mlm kind of thing right a you little bit of streams of income right blah, blah. right right and well the, the further you dig down it's like really when you try to go in there and and dig beyond the first level and i'm not dogging any any of these folks they're i'm, I'm sure what they're doing is fine and it's for them but I'm not interested in like, say like your site, you've got opportunities for me to just bring money to the table and then invest. Right. I like that because <laughs> that means like, okay, I might have to do some qualifying things, but now I'm just putting money into a pot and then that money will work for me. I'm interested in doing things like that. Um, I'm not interested in paying somebody so I can learn how to do another job. Right. And most right. of those folks doing the cash flow websites are selling training packages. All right. And you know what I don't like? Um, <clears throat> you know, there's a saying that wealth comes to people who create value. You know, if you're finding distressed properties, I mean, or, you know, selling things on Amazon and playing that kind of game, you're not creating any value. Right. Not really. Wealth, I mean, with real estate and buying properties, you increase the value, you improve the community. Right. Uh, you know, you, you add better roof, you better, add a better, uh, you know, better appliances, you add value. Yeah. And, and you're giving better. somebody a nice place to live, right? Right. Affordable housing. Uh, yeah. And, and there's other things to it too. And, you know, I, I had another guest who's in this sort of game and he was like, <clears throat> uh, opposed to the flipping situ situation is you get, uh, you, you pay a big tax bill when you do a lot of flipping, right? Uh, so he found that if you do what the IRS wants you to do, <laughs> i.e., you know, find a house, fix it up, and then rent it out at a fair price, you're providing affordable housing, and the IRS is like, doesn't charge as much, you know, because in his words, you're doing what the IRS wants you to do. It's kind of like what you're talking about. You're actually providing value. Right, right, and the and the IRS calls that with capital or or uh, passive income, <laughs> and taxes it differently. Really, okay. See, so there you go. That that's a good answer. So let's talk a little yeah. bit about like um, your your day job a little bit. So you still have this day job, and and you that's an ordinary day job. It's like a nine to five, and and you're there like everybody else, right? Right, right. I mean, when I first started out and I was working for that first company, um, you know, that was a kind of a 40-hour-a-week job being on the road all the time or an 80-hour-a-week right. job. Wow. But then as I started accumulating more of these more of these rentals, I kind of realized that, um, you know, I was making more than my boss and almost as my boss's boss. And, you know, inevitably a lot of people, you know, throughout your career, you run into some jerks and I ran into my first jerk and it really kind of sort of pushed me more quicker down this path. I was like, screw this. I'm not going to work for these bozos who just care for themselves and, <laughs> you know, just for a, cup, a, a corporate profit and their, their own uh, bonus. You know, they don't really care about me. 
No. They don't, they don't care. No. And, um, the, and, and the old school thing was they, they also demand loyalty, but they won't return it. Right. Right. You know, that, that was one of the things that I learned right away um, when I got out of the Air Force. You know, the Air Force is always like, you know, you know where you stand. <laughs> you know, you signed up for that. Right. It's like Air Force needs come first, you know, and you better be loyal or you're going to jail. That's a different story. Right. That's a whole different thing. But when you come to a company, you know, they they demand all this sort of company loyalty. But, you know, it won't they won't even blink an eye to let you go if it's in the company's best, best interest, you know, money or otherwise. Right. So, right. It, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of a screwed, screwed up setup. Yeah. I mean, w- one day, like one of my uh, employees, I was a construction supervisor and one of my employees passed away cause there was a, a construction uh, accident. Um, you know, I, I was at a job probably about a couple thousand miles away and he didn't work for me at the time, but I mean, my current boss and, he didn't really care, you know? And I was like, what the heck, man? Like Somebody just died. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. You know, and, and, and what kind of pissed me off the most is like, they, they kind of like, they made like they cared, but you knew they didn't care. Right. So they had to give lip service care, basically. Yeah. 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 And Which I'll, is worse and then, even. Yeah. And then I was like, you know, if you guys are going to be like this and treat me a certain way and I make more money than you, I'm like, screw this. And then, and you know, I think that's what the vroom vroom veer is. Like, yeah, at some point, you you have to veer off the, what the path you're going on. And correct. That's uh, I I I just went. I just focused more and more on buying more rentals. And um, about that time, I did this thing where I traded all my rentals in Seattle for a, via 1031 exchange, so you can exchange all your properties tax free for more. Wow. So I traded for nine properties in Birmingham, Atlanta, and Indianapolis. Okay. And then, you know, my cash flow definitely jumped up. And then I was like, well, okay, I'm going to go work for, I'm not going to work for private companies anymore. I'm only, I'm, I'm only going to work for uh, public companies because at least, at least, you know, if you have a long day at work, it's for some kind of public good. And it's kind of a community service kind of a thing. Right. So that was a pivot there. Interesting. Nice. So. Talk a little bit about being a cheap ass. (laughs) This is one of those things that I found on your website that I just love because I think I'm a cheap ass too. So uh, this is just like your little strategies for how you saved up money for your first buy, right? Yeah, yeah. So I got like 27 things on here on this little makeshift. I know. I love it. (laughs) Embedded in my about me page. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, it. these are all like the, you know, this is the bad thing about the pub, the personal finance world. And I was, you know, throughout college, I, I was a big fan of all these personal finance blogs. Um, but like, you know, a lot of fans in that, in that arena, they call it the personal finance blogosphere. Okay. Um, but like, you know, this is all the scarcity minded kind of advice. Never do they tell you about, you know, making more money with realist, you know, investing in the right things they just right. tell you about investing in these crap investments like the the you know vanguard 500 index or index funds or etfs right right, right. You know, I mean, those are all the stuff in wall street mm-hmm. you know? and the distinction i make on simplepassivecashflow.com is that the wall street investments are the garbage investments that all the people in wall street want you to get into i mean the 401k was devised to get money into their mutual funds. 
<laughs> right, right. Especially, yeah, 401ks are like really bad. Especially those that are like, they, they limit, you know, the, the, the investments that you can put your money in. They all do that. But right. the, the don't really, get me started the, on the expense ratio. I mean, right, yeah, right, right. Five percent supposedly. But no, no. It's like they're they're not showing all these other fees and all these other, you right. know, backdoor corporate uh you know uh, all the expenses. I mean I, I I got an expense account. I know how it works in corporate America. Right. Right, right. No, I, I like it. But you know, have you ever heard of Mr. Money Mustache? He's yeah, of, yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of my uh, I actually know a couple of real estate investors that live in his area in, okay. in Denver. Right. But you know, that's that's where we'll quickly, uh, you know, that's where we'll diverge. I mean, a lot of real estate investors they buy these rentals, and um, you know, some some of them it's it's not about you know saving money; it's about making more money. Right. Sounds really uh, you know really cavalier, but it's like. Man, why do I have to do all these stupid things like not flush my toilet or, uh, <laughs> you know, like, um, or here, here's one going, going to, you know, mod pizza. I don't know if you guys have mod pizza. I don't have oh. mod pizza. Uh, one thing uh, is on here is, you know, get a mega salad because you can have dinner for days on that stuff or. Right, right, you right. Know, all these places on your birthday for your free stuff or doing online surveys. I mean, it's just all like you're training your time for dollars. You know, the whole points, the traveler hacking all these points and credit cards and all these buying this at this going through this portal i mean yeah i still do some of that stuff but it, it's a bad mindset i mean it's a scarcity mentality of you you know you're just living life uh small no no you're right you're right now there is like um you know and i think this happened to mr money mustache too is like you can do that up to a certain point and then you have money <laughs> right. And then it just becomes a little bit stupid. Now there is like, I don't think I'm ever going to have cable TV again. Right. I, I don't know where you are on cable TV, but I just don't like watching TV that way. Right. It doesn't you know, I could afford to have cable TV. It's just, I don't want it. You know, when I, when I, when I have it, I don't watch it anyway. There's, it's just, I would rather have an all la carte kind of service like Netflix or something. So right. I get like a lot of those things I don't do just because what you said, it's like, oh, come on. <laughs> it's just like too much work. Right. I mean, it, it, you know, you're wasting more time than, you know, than the money that you're saving. Right. Right. I mean, I would advocate for like a, it's a triple point of this uh, strategy. Like, you know, when you're starting out, you don't have money. Right. Like, I mean, you need, I think, you know, you guys need about 20, 25 grand out there to buy a rental property and have cash reserves and be able to close. Okay. And there's no way around it. Right. Um, yeah, you, you know, a lot of people say, well, I don't have any money. That's an, it, It's kind of an excuse if they've got it in their 401k or they have it in the Roth area. You've got it. Or if you've got a fancy car, you got you got stuff to sell on the house. Still, that's crap around the house. You don't need it, you know? Right, right. To get that get right. that 25 grand to get started investing, you know, with a single family home. And that's a, how... how you know, you can come on Civil Passive Cash Flow. All the all the information's on there. You know, all the people. All my 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 private Facebook group of all people who've done it, um, who are helping each other out. I mean, it's all infrastructure's all there, but right. you got to save that first twenty five Gs and and uh, yeah, you're gonna have to do some of these money saving ideas <laughs> when you're doing <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, if, if you if you're broke, right? Then then you know then you probably have more time 
to do these things. And it's right. You don't, you know, young and broke. That's a different kind of mind space. Like you don't have it. Like, you know, people I, on my website, I have this, uh, call fun, call me function, uh, where, you know, people can set up a call with me. I, I usually ask that they listen to a first dozen podcasts to get a, you know, a foundation, but, you know, I like to help people and trying to understand their situation, how are they in their time, money and knowledge, mm-hmm. uh, resources. But, uh, you know, a lot of po- people, I'm kind of like, hey, dude, you don't have an investing problem because you don't got no money to invest. <laughs> you got a money problem. You got you to gotta save some money, you know? Yeah, right. I mean, you, you got to stop spending more money than you got so you can start to stockpile some money. Because until right. you do that, then you ain't got nothing to invest. Mm. Right. You know, and, and you you made a, a a thing about it's not about like I can't remember what you said, but like I've learned that in in some in some ways it's it's more important how much money you keep than and then how much you make. Yeah, so that's the triple point. I mean, in the beginning, okay. it's very important <laughs> to to save, right? And uh, you know. But then at, at some point when you save the first 25 grand, it's about more about putting it into the right things. Right. And then as Grant Cardone says, you know, once you make your first, once you make your first five grand, cool, you can, you, you're not an idiot. You can save your money, right? But let's see you take it up to 50 grand because he doesn't want to work with you to make 50 grand or 100 grand. Because wow. until you're at that point, you can't start a business. You can't go into bigger and better things until you're proving yourself in that lower arena. Gotcha. So there's definitely a, a sh- two shifts in here. And, uh, you know, Mr. Money Mustache, he's gotten himself up to a nice passive in- investing, uh, you know, cash flow, you know, where he can sustain on that. And, you know, just his personality, he's very stoic. And I don't know. I mean, if you ask me, it's kind of stupid how, he, you know, he, he, he derives pleasure off having the very least and riding his bike to work and seemingly not shaving. And it's cool <laughs> for him, right? Like, I mean, that's fine, yeah, yeah, but don't, yeah. like, if, if you've got, like, if you don't have that passive income, don't make, don't model yourself off him. He's in a, he's in a different league and he's, he's a different person than right. you are. Right, right, Yeah. And, you know, everybody's different. It's just, I think uh, anybody in the, in the mindset of getting out of the rat race, I'm, I'm, I'm interested at least in looking at their stuff. You know, I'm obviously nobody's going to be, you know, your guru, right? You don't want to have a guru, right? You're just sharing tips, right? And you take what works and, uh, you know, you, and you throw away the rest, you know, nobody's, you don't want to follow anybody like they're the next coming of Christ or something. Right. Right. I mean, I, I like things about Mr. Money, um, like lifestyle, you know, I like how we, you know, it's a very simplistic, you know, right. more very health, health conscious lifestyle. Right. Right. But, you know, I mean, like, he doesn't have kids, you know, he's... Right. He doesn't have kids? I thought he did have kids. Well, you know, he might, but he sort of, (laughs) if it weren't for the blog, you know, and which most people don't have that sort of, uh, you know, platform. Right, the blog makes him money, right. Right, right. like, you're living a very, like, selfish lifestyle, I think. You know, you've got this passive income. I mean, at some point, you need to be figuring out how to give it back, right? Like. Right, right. No, I I get where you're coming from. Yeah, you can nitpick on anybody, I suppose. But, right. Yeah, yeah. don't idolize anybody, I guess. Amen. The there you go. Well well done. I think we can agree on that for sure. So have you done, uh, I, I, I know, I think you're doing this, but are you doing some of the, uh, the multi-unit sort of, uh, multi-family unit sort of investment investments? 
Yeah, so I mean, I I got up to uh, you know you can get ten Fannie Mae loans, which are the government subsidized loans, uh, which we, we call them golden tickets because they're, they're really sweet financing because the government wants to subsidize this stuff for you. Okay. Uh, but you can ticket, only get nice. ten to your name. So I mean, a lot of people will get like ten in their name, ten in their wife's name. Um, but you know, I mean, it's it just not going to hit my goals. I mean, you're not cash flowing very much from each of them. Only a few hundred bucks. Right. Um, and the scale up, I mean, you're going to need a lot of these, and a lot of the, the the networking groups that I started to hang out with these last few years, they were all saying the same things. You know, hey, we were, we thought we were going to get rich getting these single family homes, but it, it was just so much work buying right. each home, and right. only contributed a few hundred dollars to our passive cash flow. And it's not worth know, it, right? Right. I mean, a lot of them have large families, and it was like, dude, like we need more than like three to five thousand dollars of passive cash flow. We're not going to live like Mister Money. <laughs> right. You want you want to live like a little bit bigger. Right. Right. I mean, you know, five ten thousand dollars, but I mean, anything more is is sort of excessive, I think. But you know, I mean, the the single family homes. I mean, I mean, it just wasn't going to get you there, and and uh, you know, not a lot of people talk about this. You know, they're they're all, everybody's who's talking, who's trolling on the internet forums, are uh, talking about getting a single family homes. But you know, it's the passive investors that you don't hear who are actually living life <laughs> and have lives, right? Uh, and have maybe saying, have jobs, right? right. Yeah, and uh, have bigger war chests to work with. They're saying multifamily is the better way to go. So that's the way I pivoted the last uh, eighteen months, and uh, yeah, it's kind of embarrassing. You know, I had this podcast and I didn't buy anything for a long time because you were just learning right and it's a totally different uh arena different same concepts but just everything's so different yeah so i mean i don't i wouldn't yeah when i another one of my guests um tyler taylor taylor Wait, now I'm going to screw it up. Not uh, Tyler Durkin, huh? No, not Tyler Durkin. <laughs> I I'd, I'd actually have to go back and look. His last name is Chef, but for some reason I'm, I'm blanking. Anyway. Oh, Cashflow Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah Cashflow Guys. Yeah. Right. So um, he talked a lot about the, the multifamily unit sort of situation where it's like, and then as soon like the day after I had him on my podcast, then I went home. Uh, well, not home. I went back to California because I just moved to Vegas and my wife was still finishing up her job and staying with a friend who happened to be living in one of these uh, multifamily, it was like a four unit sort of apartment kind of situation in San Pedro in California. And that whole street that she was on was full of them. And I was like, Wow. <laughs> Those have got to be cash flowing big time. I mean, I don't even know. I, I, how do you get, how do you start in, in finding those to buy and where do you get the money to buy? Them? <laughs> is that, is that where you have to get your, uh, your one of those, uh, those government back loans? Is that how you do that? Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I mean, we're not buying properties in California, Seattle, or Hawaii. I mean, none okay. of the primary right. markets make any sense in terms of cash flow. Okay. And I guess what, what cash flow is, just so people can uh, call BS at the next cocktail party, uh, cash flow is not how much rent you're bringing in minus your mortgage. And if it's a positive, it's uh, it's positive cash flow. That's, that's not positive cash flow. Positive cash flow is 
your rent minus your property management fees, your maintenance fees, your capital expenditures, Everything. your vacancy. Right. So anywhere from just minus well subtract it in half or pretty much take out 40%. And that's how much wow. you should have to pay the mortgage right. still and still have cash flow. Wow. So a lot of the, these places we're buying are, are called secondary markets. You know, primary markets are all the sexy places to live. And um, part of the reason why the secondary markets work for cash flow is because, uh, you know, I mean, Los Angeles, Hawaii, Seattle, I mean, there's just too much money there. People are un they're unsophisticated and they're just buying stuff just to buy stuff. Ah, OK. And they're paying too much because they have too much money. Right. right. <laughs> it happens a lot. Actually, I just sold my house. Well, I had a two bedroom condo that I sold in May. And, uh, and my real estate agent, this is interesting. So we had a meeting and I, I interviewed two agents, right? And they both came in with their sort of like offer and what they thought they could get via the comps, right? Um, so they were like, okay, we're going to set the asking price at this, right? And then when it came time to list it, she listed it like she was like, you know what? I had a little chat and she was like, we're going to try to list it at this, which was like $15,000 over what we had already talked about. And I'm like, OK, right. <laughs> but then we get to the end and it didn't appraise. Right. So we had to do. Thankfully, I didn't lose my buyer, but um, I just basically had to take $10,000 less because, you know, it didn't appraise to that value. And then I guess now this is just me thinking is why they do that is they're hoping that a there's more than one buyer and B one of those buyers has cash. Right. <laughs> is that right? Uh, yeah. Is that kind of like what is that the goal there? Because obviously the real estate agent wants the sale price to be more. <laughs> right. I mean, residential real estate, especially in and especially in you know these high price areas, these primary markets, it's all based on the greater fools theory. The greater there's always a, <laughs> there's always a greater fool to come and buy, pay more than what you paid for. Okay. And this is something that you know, if I kind of rewind my past, you know, I so I bought I picked up these couple of rentals in Seattle, 2009 to 2012. And about 2012, I was out looking for a third one, but like the, the market was appreciating at the time and, you know, just like it was across the rest of the country. And I wasn't cash flowing on these properties. I was like, well, what the heck? Right. Like, I'll, you know, I was spoiled. Right. And then I, you know, I realized the difference between cash flow investing and appreciation investing and appreciation investing is just hoping and praying that your property will go up in value. And yeah, it, it you know, typically these, it's gone up in value, but you, it's gambling. Like I don't speculate. I only, I only bet on the real thing on value, and right. that's cash flow. What's it bringing in? So that's why one of the reasons why I, I tried a out of state property in Birmingham, and it, it was proof of concept for me. So enough to sell my whole portfolio in Seattle and jump into nine more. Wow, wow! And you can do all that on one form. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, just, uh, just different, <laughs> just different, uh, different properties, but. I mean, it was the it was the concept. Yeah, yeah. That hey, I'm going after cash flow. I'm not going after appreciation. No, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's that's just sexy. That's just that's no different than the guy telling you, oh, hey, I went to like I went to Vegas and I gambled and I I have the system. You got lucky, right? right. Basically, right. they got lucky, right? 
Right. Right. But but my goal my goal was to Im- increase my passive income so I could had the freedom to leave my job. And with appreciation, you you don't get it until you sell. And typically, you always sell at the wrong time. Um, and, and the passive streams of income, you prudently build this up a few hundred dollars at a time and you get up to that cash flow level. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. It's more of a process than gambling. It's a right, process right. It's not where- a get rich, rich, get rich quick kind of a thing. It's, it's slow and it's boring and it requires capital. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know what, though? It, at least you're being uh, a little bit more upfront about what's going on, you know, which is, right. you know, that that scores points in my book. I like that because, right. you know, now do you uh, do you like sell training too? Um, there's not really any training. I mean, you can buy you know, you'll probably learn in your first uh, few date or few rentals. I mean, on right. my website, I mean, I, I've got a list of like four books everybody should read and really nothing more than that. I go off of the 70, 20, 10 principle that that was the one things I learned from my corporate America life that 70% is doing it. 20% is learning off off others. That's why I created that, uh, my simple passive cash flow Facebook group. Uh, so you can kind of move things off then, but only 10% of is academic learning, like reading books and, and podcasts. I mean, you just gotta actually have to go do it. Right. 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 So now, and I also noticed that you, you've got a, a fund, right? So how does that work? Yeah, so it kind of goes back to like doing something bigger. I mean, my what, what I do, it always goes back to getting people out of the stock market, getting people out of Wall Street where only the insiders are getting rich and, um, you know, putting money back into Main Street, right? Main Street investments and especially workforce housing as opposed to the A-class rental, A-class, uh, you know, do new developments that you see all the time, which uh, I'm always like, why the heck are we always building stuff for the rich people, right? Like right. it's the class B and class C, um, you know, rentals that, that we need in this this country. I mean, look at where the population is. Mm. I mean, it's all in the middle class or middle to lower class. Most of it, nowadays. right, right. Um, so yeah, the, the fund is a way to get more people involved because people will come to simple passive cash flow and you've got everything, you've got the peer group, you've got the, all the, the blogs and podcasts there to do, to do, in you know, to do this. If you're an investor who, you know, has some money to invest <laughs> right. again, if you don't have any money there's not the website for you. Right. Sorry. Right. <laughs> but if you have but money, like, right. 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 If you want to do this yourself, there's, you can, you can start building this prudently yourself. But you know, there's you know, there's turnkey rentals out there, and I talk about how to buy a turnkey rental from a marketer or, or provider or doing it yourself with a realtor. But like, you know, it's you know, how many people actually take action? I mean, only like five to one percent right. take action. I mean, I want to try and help as much people as I can, and if it means creating a fund, and hey, I'll do it for you, you know. Right. Right. I mean, at least the 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 money's not going to go into into Wall Street. That, that's what that's my main goal: is get people out of the garbage investments where they have to work 30, 40 years at a job, and get them to something better where they're finally just changes the whole paradigm, and they're not they're building up passive streams of income, hitting their number and quitting in five to ten years. Right. So when are you going to quit your job? Um, but you just moved to me, Hawaii, so <laughs> yeah. So I kind of, I kind of slid back into my goal. I mean, Hawaii's a little more expensive, right? Right. I took a big pay cut 
they right, come right. here. Yeah. But uh, you know, I mean, I'm I'm pretty young and and I'm just still still at it, just building up that unit count is what I'm trying to do and get more experience and uh, trying to trying to get more people involved and I mean, just like it's kind of neat. Like I mean, we talked about Mr. Money Mustache. After some point, it becomes. I guess they they call it a cult, but it, it becomes like a critical mass point. And, <laughs> right. And if you can get, I mean, I'm I'm hoping that I can get as many people as I can out of that those garbage investments as possible. Sure, sure. So, like, not everybody. I checked out the uh, the little form that you've got there for if for invest now. So, and some of those uh, numbers were like rather you know not huge, right? Um, but some of them were up there. So. I've asked a couple of people this. So what is what does it mean to be an accredited investor? You have to have a certain net worth. Is that essentially what it means? Right. So you've got to you can look at look it up on Wikipedia or on the right. SEC site. Okay. But um, I don't want to screw it up. But I believe <laughs> right, you've right. got to be a, in a substantial net worth position, either having about a, a million dollars net worth, not including your residence. Right, because your your primary residence is not an asset; it's actually a liability that takes money away from you. By the right, way, right, right. But um, it's uh, and or you have to make like a quarter million dollars income wise. Wow, so you've got to be. The government says that these accredited investors supposedly, if they make a bad investment, at least they're not going to go, you know, homeless. Right. Right. So they're trying right. to protect the um, the average Joe, but it. You know, it's again, it's frustrating. You got this government intervention making all these rules, and at the end of the day, all they really did was um, prohibited the uh, the common man from getting into these private placements right. and into these better deals. And all they have is this crap four hundred one k index fund. Now, didn't they just? Didn't uh, President Obama change that rule a little bit, like a couple of years ago? Right, so they cre- they created the, these new crowdfunding rules. Oh, right, and that was now, for crowdfunding. Okay, and now you can come into these private placements as a sophisticated investor. <laughs> but you also need to have a personal relationship with the invest the the lead investor. So that's you know that's why you know a lot, a lot of times um, you know that's that's kind of the purpose for the calls is that I need a personal relationship with my investors and. I'm not going to set somebody up, you know, if a lot of the minimums are twenty five to fifty thousand dollars for these private placements. Right. I mean, if someone only has a net worth of a hundred grand, I'm not going to take twenty five grand from them. It's right. just, you know, that's just stupid, you right. know. <laughs> but if somebody has a few rentals, yeah. Um, and you know, they understand the risks and rewards of real estate. You know, they have an MBA or a CPA, which you know, they they're business savvy, supposedly. Right. <laughs> um. But, you know, those those people understand the risks and, you know, I mean, if an investment goes goes bad, you know, they're not going to be in dire straits and they understand the way it works. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. I mean, you have to be careful out there because there's a lot of people who don't really see it that way because it is a really gray area law. Um, you know, some people will just take people's loss. You know, if they got 50 grand, cool. You can invest 25 grand or 50 grand into this investment. Yeah, yeah. They'll you just know, take anybody's money. Right. Right, right. And those right. are very people who can't get funding and uh, don't, you know, can't build relationships the right way. Right. Wow. Look at you. <laughs> Good for you. This has been a blast, man. I think we've, we've, we've covered a lot. And, uh, and it's not even 7 o'clock there by you yet. 
That's pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a Marine. <laughs> yeah. So I'll give you the last word. You are at uh, simplepassivecashflow.com. And uh, what else do you need to say? Uh, yeah, just come out, check out the the website and come on the, the iTunes, I'm on iTunes, Google Play, Simple Passive Cashflow. And if you come up to the website, you're looking to invest in some private money lending deals, which is a good start away. You know, you just fund the flick of flip. You're not okay. taking on the risk of a flip, but you're just, you know, you're just servicing the note and, uh, you know, you're making a nice return. And uh, that's a good way to get get your feet wet. Um, get started. Opportunity, yeah, opportunities don't really come up very often for those. It's more of my personal network, uh, people who I know, like, and trust across the country who are doing good things that I put up on there. But and then you can also just sign up for the newsletter and get access to my Google Drive of uh, spreadsheets, different analysis spreadsheets, personal finance web sh- uh, spreadsheets, and, and other definitely goodies. check out the yeah. I'm a cheap pass uh, in the about page because yeah. if nothing else, it's it's funny. <laughs> yeah, if uh, anyone just wants to chat or reach out, Lane at Simple Passive Cashflow is my email. I always like to answer emails. Um, cool. And uh, yeah, if you if you want. We can talk and talk about your personal situation and I can get you going in probably about five, ten minutes and tell you what I think of where you're going. And and um, I think the last thing is just uh, be careful about falling into the dogma of the 401k, Wall Street, and even buying your primary residence to live in. I mean, it, for a lot of people, it doesn't make any sense. Better just, just invest rent. the money. Right? Yeah, yeah, rent and keep your money. I like it. This has been a blast, man. Thank you. Thanks for getting up early to be on my show. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jeff. All right, have a good one. Aloha. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.